Hi, welcome to the Rafiki Foundation podcast. I'm Karen Elliott, and I'm your host of this podcast, where we discuss all things classical and Christian, biblical and African. Here on the Rafiki Foundation podcast, we have been discovering how classical Christian education is applied across cultural context. And in our case in Rafiki, we are doing that across 10 countries in Africa. So today I am here in the country of Malawi, and I can't think of a better way to picture for you, uh, the listener, the value of classical Christian education than by interviewing one of our Rafiki graduates. Today we're going to talk to a young lady who has grown up at the Rafiki village in Malawi. I know from uh, her sponsor reports and information we've read over the years that she has been involved in her church. She's excelled in her schooling and is now in university. Uh, The most important thing I can tell you about this young woman is that she knows the Lord and wants to serve him all the rest of her life. And that's our goal in Rafiki is to help raise up a multitude of godly contributors. And I can't think of a better way to do that than with classical Christian education. So I've got got Lorene here with me today, and I'm going to ask her to tell you her story, uh, her name, and what she's doing now, and to give us some highlights about her life at a Rafiki village. And then she's going to tell you how classical Christian education has beneficial to her and perhaps even to the whole country of Malawi. Well, why don't you tell everybody your name and um, go ahead and tell them how you came to the Rafiki village here in Malawi. You want to start with that? Yeah, sure. Okay. My name is Laura Nguyen and I am a Rafiki graduate, I'm happy to say. So I came to Rafiki village in 2007. I've forgotten the month because I was really tiny. Yeah, how old were you? I was... Four, five? Four, five. Uh-huh. 2007. Yeah, okay. Grace. So, before then, I was actually staying with my grandmother. At that time, she was 95 years old already. Okay. So, Rafiki gave me a second thought. Okay. And took me in. And that's how my life began from 2007 at Rafiki Village, okay. Malawi. Mm-hmm. You were some of the first children, I think, right? Yeah, I think so, because I'm number 34. Number 34. Yes, <laughs> yes CEO 34. Yes. yes. And uh, the village where you were, is it was it far from the Rafiki village, or was it close by? Do you know where I, your grandmother was? I think I'll measure the distance and the amount of transport. I don't know how much transport. How many, how many drops is it? It's 2,000 going. 2,000 kwacha mm-hmm. to go to the village. So that's two. Uh, that's two, at two U.S. dollars today. So that's pretty pretty far then. Yes. Yeah. It's that's really far uh-huh. away in the outskirts of Nkara Bay. Oh, really? Yes. That's a couple of hours from here. Yes, it is. Now, Nkara Bay is is on uh, what lake? Malawi. Lake Malawi. Yes. And for our audience, I want you guys to look up Lake Malawi. It's called <laughs> the Calendar Lake. Is that right? Yes. And it's how it's three hundred and sixty five miles long, fifty miles wide. And I read somewhere that it's 2,000 feet deep. Mm -hmm. It's one of the largest lakes in the world. And it's beautiful, isn't it? So you get to go to Inkata Bay on your school breaks, huh? 
You, do you still go see family there? You still have family there? Okay, um, I would love to be going there, but I don't go there any longer because most of my family has gone up to the Lord. They've so all gone up to the Lord. Currently, I stay in a foster home mm -hmm. with Linda and Isaac. Okay. How did Linda is 25. Okay. Isaac just turned 32. How did you get connected to Linda and Isaac? And then we'll come back to some more questions, but I'm curious about that. Okay, I got connected to Linda and Isaac through school. That was in 2021. One, okay. when I went to University of Livingstonia, uh -huh. Canamina campus here uh -huh. in my city. Yeah. So it was on this other day, I joined a church group at school, yeah. SCOM, mm -hmm. Student Christian Organization of Malawi. Mm -hmm. So we were going to the mountain mm -hmm. for prayers. Mm -hmm. As we were there, I was feeling deprived because I was tired. It was my first time to be there, and I just didn't know how to get there. Uh -huh. So Linda was one of those. She was at school by then. So we came down, and she was like, I would love for you to be my daughter. I'm like, really? Well, how's that going to be? I'm like 21, and you want me to be your daughter? She was like, yes. Wow. So we became best friends at first. Nice. And the friendship grew. We were about... 10 children to her. Wow. But all of them just went away and I was the only one remaining. Until now, she keeps me. Okay. You have a place to, you have a family. Yes. I uh, when you're up at, when you're at university, you've got another family, people that you can call home. Even when I'm on, you know, school, on break, school break, I still go there. That's, that's good. Where I'm coming from right I, now. I think it's great. You know, the Bible says God sets the lonely in families. Yes. And we pray that for all of our Rafiki children, and so I'm glad to hear that. Well, look, you grew up at the Rafiki Foundation. You finished, went all the way through high school here. What are some highlights you remember of your time growing up at the Rafiki Village? My best time when the moms would come here. Okay. when the <laughs> Share different games. I mean, I loved Games. That's great. It was managers on a mission. They would yes. come and do athletics and mm -hmm. activities. That's great. Other highlights you remember? Have you gone to the lake yourself? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've gone to the lake, but two different beaches. I've gone to Sambani Lodge. Okay. Okay. But I prefer going to Sambani because Sambani is a lot neater. Okay. I At that time, it was a lot neater than Chintechi. You'll have to write something on TripAdvisor about that. <laughs> you know, yeah, that's great. And I've also been to Waza, Waza Marsh. Okay. I can't remember in which district that is, mm -hmm. but possibly it's in Rumpi. Okay. Yeah. So you've traveled a little bit throughout Malawi. Mm -hmm. A little Kasitu. bit. Kasitu. That was because of Rafiki. That's great. That's neat. How did you come to know the Lord uh, here at Rafiki? Well, I think... Um, I'll take us a little back. Mm -hmm. I came from my home village. Mm -hmm. They were already a Christian family. Mm -hmm. My grandma and I. Mm -hmm. So she would pray all night. Mm -hmm. So wonder, who are you talking to? I would always ask her. Mm -hmm. Who are you even talking to? That person can't even hear you. By the way, it's dark in here. <laughs> so when we came to Rafiki, the same thing continued. Only that here, we would read a book. To me, it was a book. Okay. And then I later learned that it was the Bible and... I just decided on my own that I think I just want to follow this unseen man because he looks like he's doing a lot of great things in the Bible, so he can do that to me too. I love it. So I just had what I normally call blind faith. Mm. I just walked through it. Mm -hmm. And I just decided, I told Mama, my mom at that mm -hmm. time was Mama Alice. Mm -hmm. okay. I told Mama, I was like, Mom, I think I just want to 
know the Lord mm-hmm. more. I don't know if his name is Lord, but is he Lord to you too? Really? I used to Did you ask her that? that? I think she can't even remember because I love it. it was a long time. That was a good question. It's great. <laughs> like, is he Lord to you too? He mm-hmm. can be my Lord? Mm-hmm. Okay, fine. So <laughs> I just started every time, nap time, mm-hmm. take my Bible, memorize a lot of verses, yeah. take my teddy bears and my dolls, sit them in front of my bed and start preaching to them. Really? Uh, you were I preaching? Had, that sounds like uh, Mama Rosemary Jensen. Do you know she would preach to her brothers and sisters and also she would, and teach them the Bible and the chickens too? <laughs> Keep going. So you would yeah. you would preach to your teddy bears uh-huh. and your dolls. Mom, she was like, hmm, she, she got something mm-hmm. and then she asked my church mm-hmm. uh, I go I still go to St. Mark's Anglican Church okay. now okay so I started I preached my first time to stand in a pulpit and preach was in 2012 when I was 12. oh wow that's great so, yeah that's true. You've, you've had the privilege of uh, t- telling people about the Lord in church and other venues, I am sure, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Weren't you on the radio one time? You're in, in, didn't you didn't you do talk on the radio here yes. in Mzuzu? Yes, I did. Yeah, I think you've had some opportunities for that. Exactly. So yes. because of that, mm-hmm. I, I started getting serious. Uh-huh. I wanted to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ even yeah. more, yeah. better than what I, with the foundation I've had here. And then going out into a very dangerous and perilous outside yeah. world yeah. where mama ain't there to see me. Gotcha. Where Madame Maureen is not there to watch me. Right. I just knew it that I have someone who watches me secretly. Which is the so, Lord. Which I decided I'm not going to have a lot of friends. Oh. I do not have friends at university. <laughs> People go like, you've been here three years and you do not even have a friend. I, I just stick to my Rafiki brothers and sisters. You know, to- that's a really interesting point. And not that we don't want you to have friends uh, in college, but I think uh, we've got other Rafiki students who go out into the community and are discerning about the people they associate with. Uh, because you do need to be careful. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a very, it is a perilous time yes. when you leave home and are out on your own. Uh, in a new environment. And so I think it's, it's wise. We like to, we like you to be careful and to be safe. So you're in university now and you're in your last year. You no. entering your senior year or junior year? I'm in my senior year. Okay. But I'm in my, I just finished my third year. Okay. I'm going to my fourth year in September. What are you majoring in? Journalism and Development Communication. Oh, very good. How did you decide to, you know, what, how did you sense God calling you into that? When at first I cried, I cried my lungs out. Really? Seeking God's wisdom? Is that what you're saying? No, I was crying because I wanted to do medicine. Oh, but science was was not your thing? I love science. The only thing, I I got so surprised on my results because my chemistry teacher told me that because my chemistry results hmm. back in school yeah. were great. Huh. And then when I went to write the exams, exams it turned out the opposite. And the only thing I managed to pass so well was mathematics, and I couldn't. Really? I couldn't. So you really wanted to pursue medicine. Yes. I but did. your national exam scores weren't sufficient. Mm-hmm. I think by God's grace, the national exam spared me from medicine. Really? Okay, so you see God's hand in that. I see God's hand in it because uh-huh. it, he, 
it helped me recognize my passion, mm-hmm. recognize my my strength. Okay. My strength. Yeah. Because even when I was here, the teacher was like, no, you're a good public speaker. You can do public relations. You can okay. do this. You can speak. Okay. I mean, you're brave. Okay. Medicine is not your thing. Interesting. I think you have to do this. Really? So people kind of saw this in you and then so God directed you through the national exams. But you cried. It was I still hard. I, I remember I told Madam Inland, I was like, I just want to retake my exam. I do not want to go over to university. Madam Inland was like, you're going. <laughs> That sounds like Yinlan. Yes. Yinlan is one of our missionaries. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, from Singapore. That sounds like her. You're and going. I really have to say a lot of thanks to her mm-hmm. because I'm so glad all of my classmates, we're in university now and we're almost done. She pushed it. Yeah. I, I, oh, oh boy, that was the minute I just thought okay. my life is going down. Oh. But no, I feel like God is calling me into this field just to speak the truth mm-hmm. for my country. Okay. Be honest, even in the news reporting. Yeah. Because currently, even the journalists can't report their own news because someone in a higher power is trying to bribe them. Really? Throwing money into the media, and they yeah. do not do their job. Interesting. I just want to refrain from that. Okay, so you see journalism uh, as a way... How do you see journalism as a godly calling? How do you see that? Um, How does a Christian honor and glorify God in in journalism? I mean, I think that's possible. I'm just curious as to your thinking on that. It's, I think it's very possible for someone to honor and glorify God, even in journalism, Mm -hmm. through being truthful, Mm -hmm. having passion for the Lord, Mm -hmm. integrity, and self-control. Right. And high levels of comportment, refraining from other things. There are a lot of temptations, I can tell you, as you work as a journalist. Even now, hmm. I'm just a student, mm-hmm. but I still get offers like for big media, I mean, big parties. They want us to write stories for them. That maybe aren't true. That aren't true. And then they want spin to Spin it, us. as they say. And they want exactly. to pay you to spin it and get the and word out. And then later on, if the thing turns around, they're not going to be in trouble. It's us. The journalists, right. right, right. So I just see that God is calling me to be honest, wow. even in this small thing. Yeah. You know, what people say journalism does not really have a lot of good pay. Yeah. Better work as a freelancer. Uh-huh. But even as a freelancer, you can still get bright. There's a lot of temptation, especially money. Interesting. Money. Interesting. Oof. Yeah, we're not gonna. We're gonna need to get you connected with the uh, the World Journalism Institute, uh, perhaps, because in the in in the in the world, mm-hmm. uh, in every nation, there is a need for journalists, writers, radio producers, TV news, to just tell people the truth. And there is a lot of fake news out there. Uh, it really, it really is. So what a, what a great calling and what a difficult calling, particularly in this day and age. Um, tell me a little bit about some of the things you are doing to prepare for this career. You've been telling me you're, you're doing a blog. Is that right? You, yes. You're doing work for the school magazine. You have to develop a portfolio. Tell me a little bit about that. Okay. Currently, I have my own blog. So. Your own blog. I need to. I need to get connected to that so I can be reading it. I'll li- I'll read your blog if you listen to my podcast. All right. How's that? Sure. 
That's a fair trade. Mm-hmm. Okay. I have a vlog, so mm-hmm. I post. I haven't yet started because I was having a little bit of a problem mm-hmm. to open it because I couldn't open it. You couldn't open it on your phone, but now you have a blog up and running. Yes. You know, Rosemary Jensen has a blog, Mama Rosemary. Mm-hmm. You need to read her blog, and she, maybe she'll read yours. All right, so you've got a blog. Yes. And what else are you doing for your journalism degree? Um, I write stories, uh-huh. and I get I send them to the big media houses. I okay. publish them, and currently they have gotten one of mine published already. You have That's one that got published. What yes. was the topic? Um, it was the, okay, the Unilia and the Curriculum Review. Okay. Yes. U- University of Livingstonia and yes. the Curriculum Review of their... Their curriculum as a yes. university. They do that every four years, so I took the opportunity to write. Did you have to interview people for that? Yes. Ah. I had to I had to interview the DVC. The deputy vice chancellor, okay. And some of the others who were from those campus, some of the lectures from those campus and okay. from the lectures from That's great. Okay. So you so you did that, you've been working on your blog, you did that story, and are there a couple of other things you have to do as part of your portfolio? Yes. I have to go around collecting news ideas and mm-hmm. sending them to the media houses. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the going around with a video camera mm-hmm. to practice. Mm-hmm. Of, of course, I haven't yet practiced on that because last time I came here, it was my best friend and I, so she was doing the video. Okay, camera. she had the camera and you were doing the interviewing. Okay. So, I, I mean, I was an interviewer, so mm-hmm. I didn't get the chance to. But currently, I also use my time to... Training writing because for you to be a journalist, you need to be a writer. You need to be a very good writer. A very good writer, mm-hmm. so I just catch people's attention. Mm-hmm. You cannot just write a feature story if you're not good up there. Yeah. Yeah. And then I'm also writing some stories I want to send to my school magazine. Okay. That's great. That's great. Well, um, I'll just give a couple of other questions for you. Um, how. How did your education at uh, Rafiki prepare you for this, do you think? First and foremost, the English. The English. Because mm-hmm. I still got friends in university that can't even barely speak a sentence in English. Okay. They're in class, they're raising their hands, and they're going to start in English three or four words, they're going to finish in vernacular. Okay. So to me, it's weird. Okay. <laughs> because here I am, I got the privilege to learn good English, good grammar, right. everything. So I feel like Rafiki education prepared me for that too. Mm-hmm. I think they knew yeah. God spoke to them that she needs this. <laughs> so, I love it. Yes. Yeah. And then the interaction between people and my fellow peers and lecturers uh-huh. taught me respect Okay. and taught mm-hmm. me to keep distance with people but mm-hmm. the same way love them. Mm-hmm. As how I love myself, mm-hmm. and also the books we read here mm-hmm. just prepared me to look deeper into literature mm-hmm. and understand. Even without someone having to explain the thing to me, I can just read something and understand the vocabulary. I can mm-hmm. just read it, and I know the meaning. And 
Mm-hmm. The teachers actually independently for that in class. They go like they ask everybody else, and then finally they go like, mm-hmm, "Let's hear from Maria." <laughs> I think she went to an international school, so her fees, her school fees, is paying off. Oh, okay, I okay, mean, really? So in university, you mean when they're yes. when you're going through literature, they're looking to you for yes. the theme? Even and, in other courses, uh-huh. even in other courses, I. Normally, they would ask so, me to say something, even yeah. if I don't want to say something. So being widely read. And we do ensure that our students read a lot of the classics, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, speeches by, things from, speeches by Marcus Aurelius, uh, a little Plato and Aristotle, right? Some uh, Shakespeare, uh, as well as uh, more recent classical literature. I think that's true. You have some, I don't want to put you on the spot, but maybe think about some favorite books you read while you were at Rafiki? Islands of the Blue Dolphins. Really? Islands of the Blue love Dolphins. That. You love that book. I love that. <laughs> That's great. And, and I like the Francine Rivers. Okay, you like the Francine Rivers books. Okay. And then I like The Girl of Two Worlds. The Girl of Two Worlds. That was a good book. About uh, those are that's about um, Young Maasai women yes. that came to know the Lord. Yes. Uh huh. And I love the Chronicles of Narnia. Uh, so. You all read the Chronicles of Narnia. Yes. That's great. I read a lot. Yeah. When I was younger, mm-hmm. and then I was a bookworm, and then all of a sudden the spirit left me. Oh. <laughs> I don't think so. You're just in school. You know, you have a lot to read and everything. And there's one other thing I want to say about the classical education. Mm-hmm. I love the fact that it in, that it makes the child rich in knowledge, rich in understanding at mm-hmm. a young age. Mm-hmm. Whereas we grow up, we don't find any, I mean, we don't find so many hiccups in our education because we know that we're already prepared for it. Not as many gaps. No. Because you've had a broad education. Yes. In literature, math, science, art, music, Mm -hmm. history, and all of that. Yeah, I can see that. Did you get art and music classes at Rafiki? Did you get some? Yes. Yeah. I think I was bad at art. You weren't good at art? It's not your thing? No. So you're not good? Music was good, but you're not going to illustrate any of your stories. Is that what you're telling me? (laughs) You'll hire an artist? (laughs) So are you ever thinking you might write a book someday? Have you ever thought about that? I'm going to say a painful truth. Yes. I am not really a good writer. You're not a good writer. I try. <laughs> but you're supposed to be a good writer as a journalist. Yeah. You're good at, at taking the story and making the story accurate and yes. interesting to read. Mm-hmm. But what you're telling me is you're probably not going to come up with an idea and write about it. No. Right. I am good at this. Mm-hmm. I tell you the idea. Mm-hmm. I develop it the way I want it, and you put it down. <laughs> so you might be an editor someday. I feel that now, that too. That'd that, be good. That because there's so many people, my friends back then at church, right. they're like, um, "I wrote an essay. Will you please edit it for me? Will you please do this." For so me? you're good at editing. And my research lecture, uh-huh. okay, was before I closed. Yeah. Every day, wow. he would give me something to write. He'd go mm-hmm. like. You have potential. Mm-hmm. I am training you, so I want you to write. Mm-hmm. I, I, I get tired and go like, don't be lazy. <laughs> right. And I would write three articles in a space of just two hours. Okay. And hand them over to mm-hmm. him. So, That's yeah. good. Okay. You can do that. Well, one last question then, and we've kind of touched on this, but maybe you can help sum it up. So 
you had what we do call a classical Christian education here in Malawi. Thinking about that relative to, say, what other education, what education is like in other schools in Malawi. I mean, why, why would, why, why is this a really good education system for Africa? Because people are wondering, you know, what benefit is it to read Plato and Aristotle and Shakespeare and Marcus Aurelius and get all of this math and science and all of this when, when there's a, when there are huge issues in these countries, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, people, uh, people don't, people don't have food, right? Mm-hmm. People would say, well, just teach everybody to farm. Okay. So how would you respond to that issue? Why, why, you know, would you think this would be good for people to have? Yeah, well, and as much as farming is great, mm-hmm. but knowledge is greater. Mm, okay. So, mm-hmm. I would advise that possibly in as much as we can reach more people, more Africans, more Malawians like me, mm-hmm. to study this classical Christian education because it gives you a variety of information that is important even for living. Good point. So you can read today. Mm-hmm. You can apply the knowledge you've read into mm-hmm. something else. Right. Because you don't it, it just doesn't make you stick to one thing. Mm-hmm. No. Whereas I'm not no offense. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to stab anything else mm-hmm. here. Whereas in Malawi, you're only focused to what is documented in the book and that's all. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, you're either preparing... They need you to... Yeah. You go to school, they're like, no, we are preparing for MSCE. The tests, the national the exams. Tests, that's all they're all. preparing for. Whereas Christian classical education does not do that. Right. It just makes you rich in knowledge. Yeah. So that whatever you meet along the way, you can overcome it with this other knowledge. You have like 10 different rooms yeah. of shelves of knowledge. You go like, okay, I meet this, I think... I have to apply this. <laughs> so it makes you good in reasoning. Yeah. So I feel like it's important for Africans, for Malawians mm-hmm. to have this kind of education because it makes you shine. Mm-hmm. Just makes you look expensive. <laughs> expensive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're not just any regular material that they can just say, we want someone to do this and then they can't even find anyone. Mm-hmm. They have to look and find out that many have had the same opportunity to study this. It's great. Knowledge is rich. Mm-hmm. And trust me, knowledge doesn't die. Mm-hmm. If you know something today at 22, even if I'm 50, mm-hmm. I'm still going to remember it. Other than this curriculum whereby I just memorize because of the exam state. Yeah. When I'm done with the exams, ah, I forget. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, I couldn't have said it better. I think you've really summed this up beautifully. Well, look, Lorraine, I thank you for your time this afternoon uh, here in Malawi to tell us about your life here at Rafiki Village in Mzuzu, Malawi, to talk about your uh, life so far as you're studying to be a journalist. And uh, I hope everyone who listens to this will pray for you, that God will use you to speak the truth uh, within the, the nation within the, or within the city, uh, within your church, and who knows, maybe around the world. So this is Karen Elliott signing off from the Rafiki podcast. You can find out more about the Rafiki Foundation by going to our website, rafikifoundation.org. We are serving in 10 African countries, and young people like Loreen uh, go to our Rafiki Classical Christian Schools on a scholarship. So if you're wondering how you can help 
foster more young people, like the young woman we just spoke with. Uh, perhaps you'd like to help provide scholarships for children to go to our Rafiki classical Christian schools in Africa. Or maybe you'd like to come out and be an influencer like the women she talked about and others who have been here uh, as missionaries to help these young people grow up to be godly contributors. So thanks for listening to this podcast. I hope it has encouraged you and helped you see how classical Christian education can be used worldwide.